you're tuning in to Change It Up, the podcast. A podcast about young people challenging the status quo. I'm Sarah and I'm super excited to be in this journey with you. We Gen Z's have so much to offer this world. We're creative, inclusive, empathic and tenacious. And we're not afraid to stand up for each other. Join me and a fellow Gen Z for a weekly conversation about the behind the scenes of being a young change maker and all the things that matter to us. We're here to build connections and inspire positive change. So do you want to change the world with me? Take along. I think we're overwhelmed with like uh, news of founders, you know, just being like stubborn and, and pushing their way up the mountain and all of that. But asking for help, getting on the phone with someone who's not in your organization or a different company or even within a team member and say, I don't understand this. I don't know how to do this. I mean, I don't always know what I'm doing. And in fact, rarely do I know what I'm doing, but I just kind of um, like wander through the maze and figure it out. Um, but it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to routinely look for assistance in areas where you're shortcoming. Hello and welcome back to Change It Up. I am Sarah as always and this is another really great episode. Um, I think that just this journey that we are on um, with having these conversations and getting to know so many new and cool and young activists and artists and entrepreneurs all people that work to challenge the status quo and to make a change and a positive impact in the world i think i learned that there's so many different ways and there's so many so much diversity and there's so many alternatives to what you think an activist is or who an activist is and and that behind these people they are just quote-unquote normal human beings who who try to do something that was beyond what they thought was possible or they followed their dreams or they did something they took action on something that they found was injustice or something that needed change and i feel so empowered every single day to to be able to work with these kind of people in our ambassador program but also just on, on having these conversations and and connecting with you all of you on social media um in our community in our extended community and it means so much to us that we have these type of interactions and that we're able to empower each other and to connect with people who have the same kind of passions because we can't do this alone we all know that and um, this episode i think today as well has the same focus that when we consume social media and when we are together it's focused on connections and it's focused on building connections and offline connections and and being with people and creating memories and and we partnered up with this amazing organization called cookie jar moments and cookie jar is an app which is specifically designed as maybe an alternative or something complementary to social media it's an app that allows you to to create a cookie jar to create a album of moments that you can create with your friends or your community or just by yourself and you can add music you can add text you can add people to your group so that you collect these moments that brings you joy i think maybe some of you know this concept from from therapy that you bring these significant moments or small moments of your life that brings you joy so every time you go inside this app and this cookie jar or this album you are essentially boosted which is the most positive positive and happy moments of your life and, and you feel the endorphins and you feel the serotonin and oxytocin and all these positive chemicals that that's activated when you when you see something that brings you joy and and hopefully what we have worked with with cookie jar is is creating something and creating a specific focus on healthy social media consumption and also healthy social media relationship and behavior so not just being how we behave with each other but also how we how we consume social media how we how much we spend time on social media and all these things and we get into in this conversation with the two amazing founders Liz and Hans and we get to talk about how they they've sort of created an alternative to social media how they see the future of social media but also what were their personal journeys and their personal relationship with social media and why do they think that we needed some maybe something different but also something that is unique in and of itself it's not something that you should think of as I should either use the one or the other it's more of like if you 
you want something and you maybe feel like social media is triggering you this is an alternative that gives you something of the same or just something that you can keep for yourself when you want to go back and, and experience these positive moments and have a way of documenting your life that maybe doesn't involve sharing with all the people that you don't know and just sharing it with your friends or just having them to yourself in a way that is not public and not owned by any platform at all or any organization um, and I think these two people are just absolutely cool and brilliant and they have so much to offer so I think without further ado let's just jump into the episode jump into all the juicy conversation I wanted to start by asking you guys and starting with you Liz what are you guys feeling hopeful about at this moment um for me I've been like in a process lately this last few months of like learning a lot of new things new skills I've been like really going for it you know like not feeling I don't know um just like learning new things. And I think that's something I'm very help, hopeful for um, and that I'm just very excited about to learn as much as I can. And I'm getting into like the investment world. So I'm like really interested mm. in that. And I'm hopeful to like see my, my financial, um, yeah, like my financial life improve quite a lot. And yeah, that's something that is in my mind, I guess. Nice. Hopeful. Um, mine might be more uh, like location-based. And uh, Sarah, I think you'll you'll relate. I'm hopeful for spring. I'm hopeful for sunny weather. And please, there's been like teasing good weather and sunlight. And for the listeners that don't know, we're uh, in Denmark right now. And there were two weeks of sunny days. And it's weird to explain how good you feel with like a little bit of sunlight when it's completely taken away um, for three months. So I'm, I'm hopeful that there's going to be sunny days. It's snowing right now at my window. Um, but I'm hopeful for the spring to come as soon as possible because it's a very special, special place in the world to be when there's sunshine, like the, Nor the Nordics are just alive then. Mm, yeah, I can relate to that a lot. I feel like it is, a, I, I really love the Nordics in, in spring and, and summer. It's really special. And then you have like the other side of, of the coin with the winter. That's really tough and really dark. Um, but it's I feel you with, with feeling hopeful about that. So can you continue maybe Hans? And because I wanted to know for you guys, what got you both started in this entire sort of feel of of being interested in, in digital media and in mental health space and sort of in the youth activism space as well? I can jump in just because it's even the winter and like, you know, that feeling of cold and all of that. Um, I uh, it, it started first mental health and then digital media. Um, I have on my desk here like an actual physical mason jar. Um, it's called cookie jar. I'm not sure if the listeners are familiar with the methodology, but it's it's basically a way that you can remind yourself of positive affirmation of your past events in your life, achievements, anything. Um I uh, experienced Southern Nordic winter for the first time a few years ago. Um, I was before that living up in Northern Sweden, trying to pursue a career in, in alpine ski racing. And so winter was like the best. It was like you live for winter. It's so, it's, uh, sun, it's so uh, snowing and sunny and beautiful yeah. and skiing. And then I moved to the South and I was like, well, now I'm in school and it's raining and it's gray and I'm not skiing every day. And it was just uh, a little bit miserable. And that was a point in my life when I was maybe at a low point. And I took this physical mason jar and I'm just, I'm holding it up to the camera now and it's, it's on my shelf over there. Um, I just wrote down all my favorite things. It's not called cookie jar. It's like called my badass mofo jar, um, badass mofo cookie jar. And, um, it, it was just all my favorite things in here. And I, I literally shake this up and would get a kick out of a memory that I would have in my life. And if I do it now, it's like, let's just see, like, 
I jumped out of an airplane in South Africa. That's probably familiar to to Liz. Like, uh, and now you can see the smile on my face. Like, I'm just like, yes. Like, I remember that moment. And so surprising yourself with things that maybe you forget. Like, I, I didn't remember that. Uh, skydiving. And now I'm like thinking in my head, wow, I want to go back and visit Liz and we can go skydiving and uh, do the whole mm-hmm. thing again. So that became my life and consumed me for quite some time. Um, and then friends and family all started doing the same thing, like almost like a little fun circle of, hey, you know, let's let's share like I'm put it put a mason jar on your shelf like start living for um, feeling this thing and you, you can see it in front of you instead of you post something on social media and it disappears forever. And then you see everyone else's stuff. It's, it's more like, um, this is a piece of paper. It takes time. You think about it. And then over time, you'll see how much appreciation you have in your life. And it could be something as simple as I did well on a test or it was my uh, cousin's birthday and we had an absolute blast. It doesn't have to be jumping out of an airplane. That was just one example. And then the digital media stuff was, um, Attached to South Africa, exposure with one of our uh, partners who does an intern matching program called iExperience. Um, I did a program with them, got into digital media, product design, internships here and there, uh, study abroad, met some of the other uh, co-founders and met uh, then an internship through with uh, through uh, a company out of Germany where Liz was working, met her. And so it was more career path for digital media, but Mental health has been like this. It was this huge shock in my life going from winter is the best time of the year to like, we're going to ski every day to, yeah, this is, this is not maybe my favorite thing. I need something to give me a pick me up. Um, I still use the cookie jar in the spring, but not as much. It's, it's really my, it's my cloudy day tool. So. Mm, Nice. And how about you Liz? Yeah, um, for me, it was similar to Hans, like it started with mental health and then it went into digital media. Um, regarding mental health, I think that me and Hans had similar experiences in regards to just periods of our time where, you know, maybe we were a bit more struggling with our mental health. I, for myself, at least I, I had like, you know, two or three like bigger depressions. And I think through that, I just really tried to figure out a way to never have those again. And so I went really deep into the path of mindfulness and figured out like strategies that would work for me. Mainly what worked was journaling, meditating and art. Um, And I don't know, that's how I basically just figured out a way for myself to make myself feel better whenever I was struggling with whatever it was, work or life or friends or relationships. Um, and that interest in mindfulness really kept going ever since that was, it started about like five years ago. And I guess that because of this big interest in journaling, I really found a big interest on the cookie jar project when Hans pitched it to me and only through cookie jar, I found out about digital media and like have been working with that more in depth. I guess a little bit of a background story from my side too, is that um, this last five years, I've also been uh, very in touch with social media Mm -hmm. and I was working as an influencer for like three plus years or four years almost. Um, And that's something that also taught me a lot positive and negative things. Um, but it like really like made it clear to me how much this is our society is suffering um, with social media and how many like negative effects social media has in our day-to-day life. And it's something that I'm against and not social media per se. I think social media has really positive things too, but I just want to create something more positive, you know, a way to remember memories of your life, but in a much more positive, healthy way. And I guess, yeah, there's three things combined, you know, my past with mental health, um, my interest for digital media and my experience with the negative effects of social media um, just made, I don't know, made sense when suddenly Hans pitched me cookie jar. I, I was just really interested in becoming part of the family and learn more about everything that there is to learn. Yeah. And how for you, both of you, how was that like that interest and that curiosity? Because Hans, you said you had the idea at first, um, but how did that funnel from the interest and 
the passion and the curiosity into just moving into having a specific idea for a startup and then eventually just doing the entire process of launching it and then now wanting the the startup. So maybe Hans, you could start. Well, it wasn't as simple as, um, you know, I have an idea, I'm going to test the idea and we're just going to build it and run with it. It was mm -hmm. like years um, in the making. So it was first exposure, first idea, internships like i said working with different startups and design and constantly having it in the back of my mind but it wasn't really ready wasn't really the time um and then it was uh, more taking the dip once i finally got com comfortable with digital media and design and and going through some of that uh and we just uh people that really bonded with the concept and the idea um, then our initial partners and it wasn't time and then finding the right team to fit around it and uh, who's involved and shelving it for a little bit. So, I mean, I think the, I can't think off the top of my head, but it was 2019 when or 20, no, 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 it was before that. It was like 2018 when it was first like uh, put in my phone as a design tool and something that I was just working on, but it wasn't until the pandemic in 2020 um, that, I picked it back up again. And then I knew right away to call it, give Liz a call. Liz was the first uh, on board to say, you know what, let's do this. Let's, uh, let's make this into something. Um, because I spent a lot of time with her through, um, previous work and worked alongside her and knew that similar values, similar methodology. Um, and then it's just been a journey since then. We've been, um, iterating. It's not, uh, colorful jar anymore it's like a little bit different media organization of course there's lots of pivots and trying to find user base and marketing and and different uh functionality but um uh, through all of it i've been so thankful to have liz as a, as a partner and um someone that shares the true values so i can get down the rabbit hole and liz just goes you know what nope we're you know why are we building this we're building it from like moments that matter and then puts me right back on track because i can just kind of almost be like a oh, squirrel over there. Like, let's get, let's run this way. And let's, get, no, no, like, let's, uh, let's put it back. We all know that. <laughs> yes, that's, that's true. I think we complement each other very, very well. Um, and it's been a pleasure working with, with Hans for the last two years that we've been, you know, creating cookie jar. I think it's, it's funny. Cause like, what drew us together from the very start was this like sort of interest for mindfulness, you know, writing, journaling, like it is something that we've, that, that started back already before cookie jar and that's been going on until now. And I really, I really love that, you know, these values are the ones that got us to, you know, together and like eager to build cookie jar. Um, so yeah, that was about two years ago. Um, I remember perfectly when Hans first pitched me cookie jar um, it was actually way before we started the company. It was like a, like a good year before that. We were, as Hans mentioned, part of the same company. And then he had like a prototype on his phone of his first version of Cookie Jar. And then I remember seeing it and thinking, I would love to be part of this project. Like, this is so cool. But then I was obviously working for this other company. So the timing wasn't right. Hmm. But then, I don't know, like a year later, you know, after like throughout COVID, a lot of things changed and suddenly the opportunity presented itself again. And this time the timing just fitted perfectly. It was like meant to be. And it's been an adventure ever since. Like, obviously, any entrepreneur can tell you this. It's ups and downs, learning by doing. There's a lot of moments of frustration, but a lot of moments of glory. And like, you're building basically a family out of nothing, like a culture, a product out of nothing, just your idea. And that's like something so, so cool. Um, and I don't know, something that really stood out to me that um, a mentor of mine told me is that throughout this whole process, you shouldn't be focusing on the end goal, right? Like, because if you think about, okay, we're creating this company, you're committed to, I don't know, four years of like, you know, like really working your ass off to, to produce this product. Um, that's like really challenging and it, it requires a lot of commitment. But rather what this mentor of mine told me is commit to every part of the journey, you know, like at first it's just all about ideation and just focus all your energy on ideation that's everything you need to focus on and then the next part is you know creating the team expanding the team finding these people that want to grow with you 
So that's everything that will, you know, that, that you should focus on. Next thing is finding partners in the marketing aspect. Then next is finding advisors for the whole company. And at some point, you right now we are at the part where we just have to focus on user acquisition. And that's everything that we need to care of. And then next big thing is investors. So it's really like, you know, step by step putting all the energy that you can and all the love that you can in each of the steps. And that's how you hopefully will, you know, create a good product at the end and, and a really strong company. Oh yeah. That's such a nice, also a nice way of looking at it. Um, I have a, I have a funny like analogy for it. Um, my uncle always tells me that whenever you think that you have a, like a tough, difficult, complicated process, what you have to do is eat the elephant one bite at a time. <laughs> I'm just like every time I have something I'm like okay this is a big huge giant fucking ass elephant and I'm gonna eat this one bite at a time and I think that just speaks into how sometimes it can seem so complicated what it is that you do and and having a dream whether it's it's whatever it is that you are focused on and, and passionate about but when you start to look at it and break it down to different areas of focus you actually realize that sometimes it becomes tangible and it becomes something that seems within, seems within your reach and and that's really a, a nice way to to actually make those steps and and actually actualize your dreams so for both of you uh what were your favorite moments or do you have a favorite moment um with kugujari so far and you can start us off Liz. Yes, I mean, I have so many. <laughs> um, I was, I mean, I think we have had a lot of good moments, definitely. I remember perfectly the moment when we officially registered the company. Um, uh-huh. I remember like hopping on a Zoom call with, at the time, it was four of us, four founders, and just like, you know, cheering virtually with a glass of wine and beer. And it was just, it, it felt really, really good. Um, then also another clear moment that comes to mind was when the app finally launched in October last year. And I remember where I was with who I was. And I remember the people around me were like, let's create a moment. Like, let's create a moment. And yeah, that's what we did. And it, the, the app was in the app store. And it was just amazing to see my friends be part of that. Um, and as, as one last moment that I also, or one thing that I really am grateful for, I would say is also having met our former designer, Dana. So she was part of the cookie jar family for a long time. I think like one and a half years. And we, at the end, you know, we, we, we had a really personal relationship too. So I consider her a friend of mine now. And that's something that, you know, only cookie jar created. So it's so beautiful to be able to expand your relationships in such a way, um, you know, with, with the company that you've created. Oh, that's the best. How about you, Hans? Um, I'll probably have one, some answers similar to Liz, uh, since I've been so involved in this new re-release of the products, like even this last week, um, (laughs) I was, we were doing testing and there was like months of testing and fixing and trying to get everything working. And I think it was, uh, it was either Monday or Friday. Like it was this last few days it it worked and I was sitting in with my roomies around the table and we were all just sharing like this new feature of sharing jars with a link and a code. And I remember it actually worked. And I literally started, I jumped up from the table and and I looked at my roommate and he looked at me with this big, with these huge eyes, like, what's wrong? Are you okay? And I was like, (laughs) I just scream and I'm like, it works. I'm like, it works. And I just started jumping (laughs) and like dancing. And then I actually like, uh, we had a spontaneous dance party at breakfast at like eight in the morning. We put music on and we're like, it works. And we just started listening oh, to ridic- nice. ridiculous Latin music. Uh, but we've had, <laughs> we've had great, we've had great moments mainly around the team. Um, I'd say I've been super happy. Um, like Liz said, we've had many team members as a part of the cookie jar family and, um, everyone that we've worked with, uh, at least from, um, uh, from, that's not like through our partner organization matching us with interns or temporary workers um, has started from my personal network as friends first. So Liz, we were friends first, like our other, the other two founders who um, unfortunately we just uh, separated. Uh, They were my friends first. They're still my friends. We're working with new partners. They were friends first as well. So I actually have been very fortunate that, um, People say, you know, don't work with friends or that can be a problem. But for me, it's been really healthy because we've all been super upfront and like try and have uh, good relationships. And as a result, I get to jump on the computer and talk with someone I actually like all the time. Like if Liz and I were just coworkers, it would be 
I mean, I'm not going to lie. It'd be, it'd be difficult to get on the phone at like eight at night, like after studying or working and you'd be like, oh, great. But since Liz and I are friends, it, it makes it super easy. And so my, my favorite moments are all the joking, the goofing around. We had this um, game night on Fridays where we had at some point 15 to 20 people and we were all playing Among Us on Zoom. On Zoom. And that was fun. Like, and these is tr- like all around the world and silly game nights. So, uh, that's that that was that's like a two part answer for the favorite moments. Mm, great. And speaking, like speaking into that, I think what I really was was fascinated about, and I really loved about Kugujar, um And when I first first spoke to you, Liz, like besides the point that I was so aligned with the message around mindfulness and around mental health and and how these things were at the core of, of your company rather than the focus on trying to create just a new type of social media. But what I also liked was the fact that you both are young people and that this company is you founded it and you've led. And, and I thought that was something that was really special and, and really aligned with our organization as well. And so I wanted to ask both of you, like how and why do you think it's it's such a special thing because we see it a lot in our generation that we focus on on speaking to our generation and creating specific organizations that really speak to the way that we function in the world and and what do you think is, is the power of having a youth-led organization also what have you learned so far from being youth founders and being young people running an organization and all the challenges and opportunities that comes with that let's start with hands Ooh. Uh, I'll give a, a two-sided answer. I'll say like, uh, being naive is beautiful. Um, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty difficult, um, because you make, you step in the bear traps and you just keep swimming with sharks and you're not sure if you're doing the right thing. But the fact that we're young and we're fearless and we we're like, you know, what? yeah, we can do this. And we believe the best and we think this is going to work, even if it might not, or you're just, you haven't, yeah. Being naive makes you a little bit fearless in every regard. Like I don't like you could get on the phone with someone who's this, this company founder, or this really famous investor. And in my mind, uh, I'm like, you know what? I, I don't care. I was just have a zoom talk. Like this is, this is cool. And then if someone that was maybe older and, and more reputational driven, they'd be like, Oh, you know, I have to prepare. I have to do all this stuff. And, um, since we're accustomed to just jumping headfirst into things, I think it, it makes uh, momentum a little bit better, more creative, more fun. Um, and secondly, we're also thankful with Cookie Jar that we're very digital. So we can connect right now from different locations and it's pretty seamless and easy. Whereas maybe uh, youthful energy is like the naive. It's like, yeah, let's just let's do this through the Internet. Let's we're, unfortunately, we're not in the same room due to circumstances, but you can found a company over the Internet like which is what we did. I think I've seen Liz uh, twice in person in two years, but um, we talk every day. So, yeah, that's hard. Yeah. I think we have that too as well. I have some of our, I don't have, I've met all our co-founders at Humanity Up, but uh, those team members and definitely all of our ambassadors, I have never met them in real life. And yet I, I consider many of them great, great friends. And, and that's just a special energy. And, and you can't really say that that it's it's more or less or better and worse than having friends that you meet up with in real life. It's just a different part of it. And hopefully with more and more restrictions falling away and the world opening up again and, and with all sort of things that goes on with, with the war in Ukraine, that things like when things open up again, you we get the opportunity to meet every, every one of them in the real life. But, but I also really love the idea, and I don't know if you guys feel that the same, but I... With us when having ambassadors all around the world, I almost like feel like every time I come into a country, I almost have always a local person to go to who can show me around. And it's just so nice to know that almost everywhere I go in the world, I always have a home that I can come to. And that's really nice. Definitely. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. It's we we live in such a like diverse, multicultural, like such a global world, you know, right right now. Our generation is just so, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but like my network of people, they've had so many different experiences all over the world. Like, I think that's something that really stands out to me when I think about, you know, our generation or Gen Z. And I love that about us. And, you know, similar to how Hans was saying, I also believe like the 20s is a time where you can just 
try reach for the stars. You know, you don't have much to lose. Like you don't have a family yet. You don't have that many responsibilities yet. Like why not invest all your time and love into a project that is actually your passion project, you know, like you'll have, if it doesn't work out, you'll have the rest of your life to be able to, you know, continue working and, and try other things. But I think the twenties is the best time to start a startup, for instance, you know, like have a passion project. And I'm, I think that's something that really like makes you stand out to maybe founders that are a bit older because they are obviously less flexible. They maybe aren't so eager to try innovative things or I don't know, in general, they are less keen to have risk involved. They're like less takes tech savvy. So there's a lot of things that, you know, we have in our advantage, I believe, as a youth-led um, organization. And I see it with Cookie Jar, but I also see it with, yeah, Humanity App, Change It Up. Like, it's just, it's really a different type of energy, I think. You can really feel it, you know. And for both of you, what have your greatest lessons been so far in being leaders and stepping up as leaders? Um, so start with this. Oof, a lot of things. I mean, we've learned, I've learned that we really need to, you know, it's all about doing like making compromises, making sacrifices too. like you, you know, because you are having this project that a lot of maybe other people your age or of your friends don't have, you know, they have like a stable work time and then afterwards they can just do whatever they want to. Um, for us, it's a bit different. Like we need to, you know, just, see this project in a different way and uh, and just try accommodate our lives you know around it and like make it make it work I don't know I think that I've I've learned a lot of new skills from it um for instance I was never into design or UX UI like it's something a complete new realm of interest that I've discovered through cookie jar so there's so many like possibilities of just learning something new when you are you know when you have a startup because everything is just up to you and what you do with it um yeah and i don't know what do you what do you think hans um similar i think you know you have to you have to sacrifice a lot but the, i mean you i think you hear that a lot from from people you know hours in hours out a little bit of hectic schedules all of that and i think uh something that a lot of people don't hear from or, or at least I think we're overwhelmed with like uh, news of of founders, you know, just being like stubborn and, and pushing their way up the mountain and all of that. But um, asking for help, um, getting on the phone with someone who's not in your organization or a different company or even within a team member and say, I don't understand this. I don't know how to do this. I mean, many times Liz and I get on the phone and she shows me a new skill, especially in marketing and outreach. And I can show her some design things. And now we're interchanging that together, which is great. But also outside, um, I ask my friends who are much more successful and friends of friends, you know, um, I need help. I don't, I don't always know what I'm doing. And in fact, rarely do I know what I'm doing, but I just kind of um, like wander through the maze and figure it out. Um, but it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to routinely look for assistance in areas where you're shortcoming. And I also think that too many people, I mean, not to get too, too off the beaten track, but uh, too many people specialize. I think it's too, like, like what Liz was saying, like, like, uh, you know, she's now a designer. She came into the team, maybe not the, the sharpest designer in, in design tools. And now she's a designer. She's a marketeer. She gets on the phone with customers. She uh, even learning some tech product basics and like coding. And I think uh, you don't need to be specialized in everything. So I've learned now that I'm not afraid to, you know, talk with the development team and, and we'll get into the code base. And I was so afraid of that before. I'm not afraid to get into more of the accounting stuff, but I just came into the team as a designer. So that's uh, my biggest learning. That's yeah, that's so true. Like I, I, I agree hundred percent. I think as a, as an entrepreneur, like you learn to lose fear of things like just, you know, you go for it. Like you have to go for it because no one else is going to do it for you. You know, you don't have like a boss that is going to like redirect you or like show you or anything like that. So, and I, you know, fun enough, it's something that I see also in my personal life since I started Cookie Jar and I've had to make those bigger moves and like have to like lose fear of things. It's, it's really translated into my personal life. And as I said before, like 
this year 2022 especially like this last few months i've just been really taking action and new things learning new you know learning um making mistakes like i I don't worry about that that so much anymore Uh, whereas before i used to maybe overthink a lot or never try something out of just the fear of not being successful at it oh yeah right Right. I mean, even at school, like, uh, like Sarah, you, you, you realize like we're putting in a track. It's like, you're, you're at uh, business school. I'm, I'm at a business school surprise. Like we go to the same school, which is fun. (laughs) Surprise, same school for the listeners. Um, and I mean, I get on the phone and, and do like code and design and people are like, what? And like, you're in accounting classes and finance classes. So I think being, Overly specialized is good if you're very certain that's the task you want to do. But a lot of students, a lot of young people aren't sure. And um, it's nice to be able to have a variety of tools you can fall back on. And if you ask for help, people will give it to you um, and just makes life a little bit more fun. Gives it some spice. Yes. And I think it's not just a question of being adaptable to every situation. I think it's also the entire concept of being multi-passionate that we don't, all of us don't have to be specialized within a certain area and that our preferences are not like targeted to what one specific thing. It can change over time. And I think as you both speak about being fearless around making mistakes and trying out new things and trying to follow your heart in that regard is something that's really important. And the more you try and do that the more you realize the faster you learn but also the better you become of these things and i have so many times where i'm like i can't change my mind right now i'm going down this trajectory and (laughs) you are thinking that that's what you're supposed to be doing and then you maybe do like an entire u-turn and change your life completely around and you do that within a year and then you're someone completely different and i think it's it's so cool and it's it's something that i see really uh, happening a lot with just something that's happening with a lot within our generation but also I, I feel really seen when I when I'm around people and I see that it's something that's present for for all of us not just sitting in and having this conversation but I see it in a lot of people I see it in a lot of our team members and a lot of our ambassadors and and I love to speak into that because we get so caught up in the idea of being specialized in in one specific mm. um, one specific path and and that's not really the case and that's maybe not how we need to work in, in the future as well. So, so speaking about that and speaking about finding your passions, I wanted to turn the loop around and maybe focus a little bit more about Cookie Jar and, and the things that you do in Cookie Jar. So I wanted to, if Hans, you can maybe help us out here. If you could explain what is, is exactly that Cookie Jar do and what's the app about um, and how is it different from a regular social media platform? Right. So in the uh, most traditional social media platforms, you have a funnel of you to the world, let's say like a broadcasting platform. It's almost like imagine someone getting up on a stage with a megaphone, all screaming, look at me, look at me, look at me. Um, I'll just without naming different platforms. I mean, you post a photo and you send it to everyone all at once. You um post a video you have anything you you write a journal entry or, or a short text or anything it's it's a broadcasting platform most traditional social medias for you to showcase yourself and that does have value for some people in some circumstances but what about the reverse what if you want to just communicate in groups with your friends what if you want to be almost drawn into a situation with your close friends families uh, groups around uh, certain topics that's what we're focusing on so cookie jar is exactly the name it says it says you have a jar which is a folder and these folders are filled with moments and you can share moments with other people and everyone can collaboratively create together so instead of me with a megaphone yelling to all my friends you know look at me i just did this or here's a post or, or whatever it's more of uh, if I'm at a barbecue, my friends send an invite to me and say, you are a part of this as well. Um, add your bits. And then you almost bring it all together. And um, right now we have different media that you can do this with. If I just use the, the barbecue example, if the three of us go to a barbecue, I can create a moment in my in my friend's jar. And then I can tag both you, Sarah and Liz, and we can add different media. If it's a Spotify soundtrack, if it's some photos and videos, journal entries, and we all collaboratively create this moment together. And then you sort it in different folders and files called jars so that you don't lose it later. 
So we're really big on making we, not me, in social media and having a very collective and collaborative memory. Mm, I think also when you and I spoke, Liz, the first time and you reached out to me and we had this whole conversation around focusing on on having things in your life, so not just like speaking into the entire focus on positive psychology and on mindfulness and and having taking care of your mental health, but also realizing as an artist, and that was something that we both uh, really related to, was that we could express ourselves and have memories and capture our memories in a way that was focused on on you and not about sharing, but actually focusing on allowing you to go back to these moments and remember them, as you said in the beginning, Hans, but also just to bring the joy and not having the comparison game. It's a thing where you can share these things together, but it's not about comparing the experience. It's about sharing the experience with others in in a really organic way. So for you, Liz, why do you think it's, it's so important that we have a an alternative or somewhere where we can share these things that is outside of, of the whole system of validation and liking? Mm. That's such an important question that you made there. Like, why is this important? I think a lot of people don't even think about it. Like, we're so used to, as a society, we're so used to just self-promoting our life on, on the social media platforms that we never think why we actually do it. And it's crazy because we're, like, directly put in this, like, constant rating system that you feel pressure. Like, it's 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 just natural as a human person that you feel that pressure you know of people thinking how your life looks like how you look like etc cetera, etc cetera. we are you know social animals we value a lot what other people think of us so it's just social media as a whole has really put a flaw on us um, and i think that cookie jar is really trying to provide an alternative for that i think that the the problem here is that when you when you enter this whole game of validation, you are basically jeopardizing your life in a way. Like you're constantly putting pressure on curating memories online. You don't truly enjoy what is going on in front of you. Like for instance, let's put an example that everyone can relate to, a sunset. You're with friends, you see this beautiful sunset. So many people are incredibly focused on creating the perfect picture with the sunset that they entirely forget to enjoy it, right? The same goes for like a concert. Um, a lot of young people nowadays, they spend the whole concert, instead of enjoying it, it's like basically... Yeah, they stream it. It's like, yes. what, what is going on? Just they're enjoy watching, it. Like, they even watch the concert. I, I, I'm like, I'm, every time I look outside a crowd, and even though it can be beautiful, I'm like, when you when you have those photos and you see, like, a performer and you see the entire photo of the crowd and all you see is phones, I'm like, what the fuck? Exactly. exactly. It's like we're consumed by this, right? Yes. So I think that by stepping back and, and making, as Han said before, like, making it, a private platform, you know, where we where we where we don't self promote ourselves. Um, you take out that part, that really like dangerous part of validating ourselves. Because to be honest, like if I know that a moment I'm creating a photo, I'm sharing a journal, I'm writing a song, I'm adding is just seen between me and my best five friends in a group, just us five. I I go crazy with just being silly, sharing photos that I may, might not look good, but they're just so genuine and raw and fun, and they really really like showcase the 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 genuinity of the moment you know the rawness of the moment so i think that's a big difference by by closing the tap of who can see the content you're allowing for realness and that realness is just so good nowadays i think we're all craving it it's just like we don't we don't have any alternative platform for young people or any person truly to to have that closure I love that example, like the, the sunsets and the concerts. You'll always have people that like taking photos and like photography and all of that. But if we go to a concert and like the three of us, what's nice with Cookie Jar is that only one of us needs to actually take the video because then I just send it in our group and then everyone else gets to enjoy it later. So instead of three of us all posting on social media and saying all three of us were here, um, in essence, you reverse it and you say, you know what, um, I'm just going to send it to Sarah and Liz. And now they don't have to hold up their phones for 
to capture the sunset or the concert and they're a part of it and they can, if they want to, if you two want to, you could look at it later. So. Yeah, it's really nice. And for both of you, outside of using, being more of social media and, and using alternatives like cookie jar, what can, what is your advice for people to develop more healthy habits around social media use and, and cultivating positive emotions? Mm. Oof, that's something I've like, um, yeah, like spend a lot of time thinking about, especially because I come from the social media world and I've, you know, I've followed that like influencer route for a little bit. So it, at some point I would say it like definitely had a massive impact on my life. And, and so I tried, I mean, online, you can, there's so many blogs where you can find tips and tricks on how to like, you know, improve your relationship to social media. I think for me, really the biggest point is a, just like, timing your screen time when it comes to social media platforms like all of them have a setting option for you to you know like you know time it down to 30 minutes a day or an hour a day something like that b definitely make sure to know why you're following the people that you're following because they are going to be the ones that are going to have an impact in your well-being and how you feel when you see the content they're posting so you know don't be shy i would just like really unfollow anyone who doesn't make you feel good And then C, really also be careful with what stuff you post, like the photos, the videos, even the captions, like there has to be an intention behind it. You know, if you don't understand why you're posting it, then it's not going to make you feel good if you look back upon it. I have friends, for instance, who use social media in a very healthy way. Like they use it as a, literally as a diary um, and they look back on their feed and they see their highlights of their life with their friends. That's amazing. But then there's all these other people that just, you know, post co content that they believe people will like. So if they look back on it, it's just going to be a feeling of emptiness. Mm -hmm. So those are like the three main tips I would, I would give someone. And maybe think uh, for everyone listening, your time is valuable. You're valuable. And take a step back and think about how much time you spend staring at a screen and what you're using that time for. And if there's anything else you'd rather be doing, um, I have been like a practical tip. I've been routinely taking a, like a smaller book with me and like reading. And it, if I wanted to open my phone and read the news or something, instead I pull out a book and I'm reading like some goofy stuff and some cool history books and things like that. And you'd be surprised all these five, 10 minute increments. You just kick through these different, these different books. And um, so your time is valuable. Think about how you want to be spending it. because all of the law little, uh, little seconds that you spend opening your phone they they add up quite fast mm, nice okay so you both or you have mentioned hans reading um our community and i myself is a big reader um i really love reading in our team as well but what is the favorite book that you guys have with uh maybe in the past years or so Oof, so many i can i can highly this is a book that i, I give as a present to a lot of people i actually gave it we were talking about dana our Our former designer, I gave it to her too. <laughs> it's called The Daily Stoic um, by mm, Ryan Hoffman. Yes. It's, um, it's, it's, it's a beautiful book because it gives you daily quotations of Stoic philosophers. And then the author basically explains or, you know, tries to make you understand the quotation, quotation because they're sometimes a bit difficult. And it's, it's basically divided by day. So you just have one page per day. So it's very easy to read for anyone in the morning or in the evening. And it truly changes your mindset around life. And I cannot, you know, recommend it more. Mm, that's a great one. Yes. How about you, Hans? Uh, the book I've gifted the most is probably Sapiens. I love history books and geography and all of that, but I haven't read it in the last year. I think in the last year, one that changed a lot. Oh, don't don't like gag on the on, on the on the other end or come through the screen and, and, and hit me. But it's an economics book, um, but it's a weird economics book. Uh, it's called Anti-Fragile. And it just it made me really think about things in a different way instead of trying and about trying to live your life in an anti-fragile way which means um instead of just being robust and like tough like even the stoics which is cool i get into a lot of this stuff uh stoics is cool but they're they're tough they're like yes. no emotion can move me like i am i am a rock but instead of that try and be 
Yeah, it, try and be anti-fragile, which is, you know, you can be broken down, but then you come back even stronger. If you go for a run and your lungs are burning, I mean, I'm I'm fragile when I'm running like a, a 10K, it's like I'm, I'm, on, I'm dying a bit. And then when I get home, it's like now I recover and I'm going to go back next week and I'm going to go faster. So that's what the anti-fragile is. You, you, you kind of uh, break yourself down and go back up again. So, um but it's, it's an economics book, so don't be too too hard on it for the readers. <laughs> or, or, but sometimes those can be quite good. But sometimes you get like get get around and you find whether it's it's free school or it's it's somewhere else, and, and you find something that's really good. I've also been um, at the sort of the other end of that spectrum. I've also been really into to fiction books that speaks a lot to reality without being about reality. Um, so like lots of like old philosophical, like Dostoevsky or like Borg's books about philosophy and about life. And you, if you read those, they, they're quite technical um, and they of course fiction, but they speak so much about the truth of what life is and, and who we are as human beings. And I find that interesting. So speaking about social media and the future, I just wanted to, it's a bit question, but if you guys could maybe give some of your thoughts about this issue, because we see a lot of movements going into the future of social media being even more virtual and and we're going to have metaverses and we are going to be living our life to some extent in, in these alternative universes. But also we see the movement in the opposite direction, like you guys focusing on more real life connections and focusing on having social media that's actually anti-social in the case that they promote offline uh, relationship rather than online relationships. So what are you guys' thoughts about this topic in general? Maybe you can start us off, Liz. Of course. Um, I mean, it's a big thing, like the metaverse, right? Like I've had a lot of conversations about it. Yes. And yes, like it's it's fascinating in a way because obviously it's like unlimited possibilities. Um, but it's also so scary because if you think of the, our society, how how like lost it is already, you know, <laughs> and I can't even imagine how it might look and like three, five, ten years from now. I believe there's going to be two segments of people. Like, there's going to be the mainstream, like, group that follows um, the crowd and that's probably going to be living their life or, or, like, a big, big part of their life in the metaverse. Um, but then there's also going to be another big group that I believe is going to go back to moments that matter, you know, and truly, like, being offline, like, enjoying offline interactions and experiences and valuing that more than ever. So I, I believe that it's like everything similar to, you know, how we interact with social media. It's like, it's your choice. It, it really depends on every decision you make in your day-to-day -day life. You can, you know, decide to take a book with you, like Hans said, and every five minute pause that you have, have a little read, or you can, you know, have a little scroll on social media, like it's up to you. So I hope that a lot of people will, you know, go the healthier route and find alternative ways of like connecting with each other. Um, and that's why we're here, you know, that's why we're creating Cookie Jar now. I think it's a very, very interesting moment in our life, in our history, and there's going to be massive changes happening soon. And, and we need something like Cookie Jar for, for society, I think. I think it's going to get very polarized. Um, I think uh, on one hand, like Liz said, you're going to get, it's just going to be more extremes on both sides because mm. people are going to get more sucked into digital livelihoods and digital creating and, and just living. Um, there was a, a Mark Zuckerberg podcast recently that he said, like, he doesn't see a separation between the digital life and the, and, and real life and that our digital life and physical world is just one real life. And I think there's going to be that bandwagon of people that are just living digitally and everything they do is digital. Um, but at the same time, it's exhausting. And I don't think you can sustain that. Um, I don't know. I grew up gaming a lot. And, you know, when you're skiing and on the road a lot, you get sucked into these, you know, playing computer games and Xbox games and phones because I didn't spend all my time reading. I'm not, I haven't been this, this reading books for a long time. It was mainly after post-skiing, I got mm. really into reading. But um, I can sit in front of the TV or computer and play for probably eight hours, or I could back then. Like, And uh, you just get sucked in, and it's mm. easy. And 
I don't know if you've put on one of these headsets, but uh, like uh, Oculus, uh, for example, headset, you can't sit eight hours when wear this thing. You will be dizzy. You will be sick. You will be exhausted. It is so draining, like to try and process uh, a digital environment. Whereas, you know, if I'm gaming, I just take a break. I stand up. I go do my own thing. But if I'm wearing a headset, I'm I'm exhausted. I'm thinking about uh, the different players around me. It's it's just it's a little bit unnatural feeling, and people like that. And so you'll have these short intensive uh sprints of you know digital reality i'm all in and then people are going to go i have to disconnect pull all the cords out of my apartment i need Mm. fresh air i need something because it's just we are becoming more like cyborgs but we're still not there yet and um i think we know when we overdose on digital uh livelihoods and i think it'll be easier in the future oh yeah I think that's you both of you had so many great points and I think it's it's a conversation that like you Liz, I've like had so many conversations with people and and we keep talking about it because it also is something that we need to talk about and else it just becomes another thing that ends up completely bulldozing and taking over our lives to a degree where we are not aware of what is actually happening and not aware of both the positive and this negative aspects of what's going on. So with that being said, and before we round up this amazing conversation in this episode, I wanted to ask both of you if you could give any message to your fellow Gen Cs, what will you say? Maybe you could start us off, Hans. I think Liz said it the best already. You know, if you're... Uh, if you're fortunate to have your youth, um, just, you know, venture into something because you still have a chance to fail. You still have a chance to try new things. Um, you might have a little bit higher risk tolerance than a lot of the other generation. So um, don't be afraid of failure. Don't be afraid of asking for help. And you have all of the time in the world um, for the rest of your life to do other things as well. So um, if you're aspiring to be an entrepreneur, is never a better time than now. Technology, you can start a company from your living room. You, you don't ever have to be in the same room with people. Skills are all available online. Um, why not now is a better question. And how about you, Liz? Yeah, very similar. Like I would suggest everyone should really dig deep into understanding their why you know they're like life why and then go go from that Um, i mean there's people that you know since a very early age they know they want to be doctors and that's like their path and that's amazing but for those people that maybe don't have that eagerness to you know study do their masters work nine to five and like you know retire like this whole conventional life path that society has set up for us then they should really try to understand what they want to do and like what makes their heart beat, you know, um, I, I'm an, I'm an entrepreneur, you know, I'm a freelancer. I've I've not been following this standard standardized path for a long time already. And I'm, I feel so joyful. You know, I've been a digital nomad for four years. I travel from country to country. I work remotely. Like it's, it's, it's truly an incredible experience. And I wish that everyone could have that. Um, if that's what they desire. So really understand your why um, and, and go for it. Like, just just do it. <laughs> Amazing. And how can we, as a community, how can we support you guys? I mean, right now, the app is live, both on iOS and Android. So you can go ahead and download the app. It's called Cookie Jar. You will find it there. Um, that would probably be the biggest support. And if you want to find out more about Cookie Jar, you can obviously visit our website, cookiejarmoments.com. You can follow our Instagram, cookiejar.moments. Um, we are also on LinkedIn. You will find us, Cookie Jar Moments. So um, anywhere where you can, you just want to, you know, reach out to us. We're here. We love to hear everything that you have to say, any suggestions, any feedback. And yeah, Hans and I also both have private Instagram accounts. So you're more than welcome to reach out to us there too. We also have an easy feedback button in the application. So if you just go into your settings and just hit leave feedback, we would love to, um, we love getting feedback. We love reading it and, you know, altering the application more from a product sense on my side of what you like, dislike, and how we can help improve and make things better. Amazing. 
Thank you guys, both of you, for an absolutely amazing and insightful conversation. And I'm really excited for our partnership to continue in the future um, and partnering up and creating amazing things with you guys, but also to follow um, what's going to happen with this entire amazing platform and see what's what's up in with the future for you guys. Thank you so much, Sarah. This was such a lovely conversation. Thank you for having us. Thank you. This episode was brought to you by Humanidea. Thank you for tuning in and for being part of this amazing community. I'll see you next time.